everybody. Welcome to Listen Money Matters. With patience, even the grass becomes milk. My name is Matt, and I'm here, as always, with Andrew. Andrew, how are you, and what are you drinking? Good, man. You drinking milk? Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm drinking my milk. It's a uh, a single cut. It's my last one, the 18 uh-huh. watt. Man, you've been sitting on that beer since December. You know, well, what happens I get like a bunch of six packs and I don't want to like consecutively drink them. Okay. So they just like last forever. Do you only drink on this show or do you drink beer else uh, at other times? <laughs> I drink else otherwise, okay. but usually heavier. Um, oh, heavier like, like, uh, like liquors. I've been, I've been loving like the Brown Derby lately uh-huh. Uh-huh. and I love Manhattans. Yeah. So. It's cocktails right. at night. Understood. Um, I am I am excited because I am this is a I'm drinking a Reichstoff Kolsch from oh my god from that Germany. Looks so German. From bottle. Germany. Yeah, and I glass. even got the I got the correct Kolsch glass, and I'm going to just like in a second, um, I'm gonna pound this <laughs> to the dome at 12 twelve thirty in the afternoon. So our catchphrase today is from at Father Potato. Thank you, Father Potato. And today we're going to talk about trusts and wills. And we have a guest on our show because Andrew and I don't know shit about this subject. <laughs> but our guest, Patrick Hicks, the legal counsel from trustandwill.com is on the show today. Patrick, welcome to the show, man. Thank you for having me, guys. Glad to be here. So we're going to get into all of this. What do you, what do, you do over at trustandwill.com? So I do specifically. I, I do a little bit of everything. Anything that involves the law, which is a lot of what we do, I do. I am I am the attorney, so I, I draft our documents. I review the new states we move into. I make sure that our products are complying with the law. I provide a little bit of customer support, pick up uh, some development help. Pretty much anything that comes up that I can help with, I help. Mm-hmm. But if it has a legal connection, it definitely falls onto my desk. Cool. So I recently was a. Uh, 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 what do you call it? A a witness to a will, I believe it was. Yeah. So, uh, friends of mine are married. They're about to have their first child, and she, she was like, "Hey, can we have you guys as witnesses?" They actually came over to the house, and we had to watch a notary and them sign some paperwork that she did all herself. She didn't actually hire a lawyer. She did it all herself, and she said it was sort of a preliminary to. A will. It was something that kind of like was the interim between, you know, a, a traditional like will and I guess whatever is before that or whatever is a, an intermediary to that. Um, so I guess the question is, it's like, I didn't really know the difference. What is a will? And then what do you think she had us witness? Is that, do you know anything about that? Like some sort of like, it's like a cu- it was like a couple of pieces of paper. Yeah, so she, there, there are a couple of different things. Estate planning has a lot of different okay. pieces. Um, she could have had you do any one of those individual pieces, depending on what she needed. Um, it could be mm-hmm. maybe nominating someone if she had a, a vacation coming up and she wanted to make sure she had one. Someone, What was a baby? Yeah, for a baby. So she's got a new baby. Yeah. Someone's going to take care of their child if something unfortunate happens to her. Yes. Easy document, pretty quick. Couple pages, get it signed, notarized. You got yourself protected. Okay, could be a simple will, maybe a power of attorney. It could have been any number of things. Um, there's a lot of pieces that kind of come so together. So Matt wouldn't get their so, house just their yeah. baby. No, I'm just the witness. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sounds just like the a witness. raw deal. What? Well, all right. So um, I think it's it's. Do you think it's safe to to talk about wills before trusts, like in order yeah. of operations? I, I think so. Wills are. Um, 
almost 500 years old, the concept of a will. So they are definitely the older, more established kind of okay. entry point for most people. And most people have some sense of what a will is, even though it's largely due from a TV or a movie, a really dramatic scene of a lawyer sure. reading a will, yep. which doesn't, doesn't really happen most of the time. But you at least have some sense of what a will is and how it works. Yeah. So what is, or not even what is a will, I think I understand that specific thing and we'll dive more into it. But do I need one? Who needs a will? And like, is there a, is there a criteria? So, so yeah, we, we at Trust and Will, we think everyone needs a will. A will does a lot of really basic things that when you die, you need something in place. And if you don't have a will, the state essentially has passed laws that say, here's what will happen if you don't make a decision. So if you don't have a will, the state has decided for you. A will lets you make those decisions yourself. Okay. Those decisions can relate to who takes care of your children, what happens to your stuff, what type of final arrangements, who makes decisions for you, really fundamental decisions that everyone needs to make. Mm-hmm. And that's what a will lets you do. And you said everyone needs one. I'm, I'm assuming a baby doesn't, but, and but children know, don't, but right. So every what, adult needs a will. Every what age is that? Okay. 18 and up, you need a will. doesn't matter. Married, single, kids, no kids, lots of money, no money. Everybody needs a will if they're an adult. And does that mean that, I mean, obviously, uh, when I was 18, I didn't have all of the assets that I have now. Does that mean I have to constantly keep my will updated? Or do I just, is there some sort of like generic will that basically just like gives the power to at least one person I trust? I'm not, yeah, I guess I don't know. Yeah, so w- wills are, um, they're kind of more of a, a concept. They're, they're a little flexible. So you can say everything I have, I leave to my spouse, my parents, my siblings, my children, whatever it may be. And mm-hmm. everything I have, you know, you're 18 years old. I mean, what's it? It's a TV and a PlayStation. And as you get older, it turns into cars and house and, and, and mm-hmm. investment accounts. And so it, it kind of expands to cover that. Um, it's a great idea to update it over time. You know, your assets change. But, you know, since you're 18, you probably have different decisions you want to make, different people you're looking to care for, different priorities. Maybe you want to make some gifts to charity, things like that. But the yeah. document stays the so- same. Yeah. So well, how do you, yeah, go I, ahead. I guess go ahead, I'm, I'm a little stuck on the, the part you said everyone needs a will. And, and I guess maybe it comes down to like what the state does. Like if I die and, and I am married, does the state essentially like adopt a highway in my name with all of my assets? And then, you know, my family <laughs> no, yeah, can right. ride toll free on it. Like to what degree are they screwing my stuff up? So, so it's not necessarily that they're screwing things up and, it, you know, maybe, maybe having a free pass on a toll road would be great and it's exactly what you want. But um, the way it works is this, the states have passed laws. They're typically, every state has a law that says, if you don't have a will, here's what happens. And it would say your assets are distributed according to these following rules. And it looks like a bunch of lawyers wrote it because they did. And it says, if you're married, then it all goes to your spouse. And if you're married and have a child, it goes half and half, let's say. If you're married and have three children, how is it divided up? If you're not married. So there's a kind of a decision tree of what would happen. And in a lot of cases, most people are relatively okay with those decisions, but not perfectly okay. And mm-hmm. if you don't well, have a you will- you had said like it would go half and half between the child and the spouse- mm-hmm. And if my child is like three, you know, like my spouse needs to feed my child, right? You know, and yeah. So like, I would want a hundred percent to go. So like, that would essentially be a, a basic correction of a will. Correct, and it's really easy to have what seems like a obvious distribution pattern that the state doesn't recognize, and your will would. That's a perfect example of I don't want it to go to my three year old child. I want it to go to my spouse, who's going to spend it for the care of my child. Yeah, but I don't mm-hmm. want my three year old 
to have, you know, a few hundred thousand dollars in the bank when they turn 16 and go out and say, I don't need to go to college. I'm going to buy myself a sports car and retire. Right. <laughs> it, it just, well, yeah, it always reminds me of that scene from, or that one episode of Parks and Rec where he's like, I don't need a will. I have a will. Like Ron Swanson pulls out like a piece of paper and he goes, Ron, if you don't actually get a will, all their money could go to the government. And he's like, show me to this lawyer. <laughs> yeah. Ron, Ron Swanson's a, a perfect candidate for why you don't want your money to go to the state. And yeah, it, it's not really a direct path to get it to the state. It can get there. It, it really can. Sure. It happens all the time. But most most of the time, there's somebody somewhere. You may never have met this relative, but somebody will wind up getting your stuff. It just may not be who you want. Right. And, you know, and yeah, on, on the most basic level, like I would have I and I guess it's all like folklore. I would have assumed, obviously, my spouse, like Laura, my wife, would have gotten all of my yeah, things. Yeah, she's next to I kin, right? Right. Yeah, like I, I didn't think that was even a thing that had to be set, you know, that like if I had a child that they would get half. Like, what are they going to do with it? So, right. All right. Yeah, I guess you, you didn't think. I'm that, biting. Well, yeah, you didn't think that you would just think by default, Laura would get mm. it. She's, she's next yeah. in line. And that's not necessarily true, you're saying. Yeah, for sure. And that's definitely why relying on these default rules isn't a great solution for everyone. And, and, and fine, it may work perfectly for some people, but it's so easy to put in exactly what you want to have happen that why would you rely on rules that you may not understand and may not do what you want? Yeah. Well, you, you, know, it, you know, one of the things I'm thinking of, though, is um, what if, like for me, I, I have assets and shit like that, and that's great. But um, not a lot of people have that. You know, they might have a house. They might be in debt and all this stuff like like wouldn't you want that to go to the state and not your significant other because like at least it saves them <laughs> from having to pay off your freaking like dumb assets like my condo in new jersey if i die the state gets that i i'm i get off scot-free i'm great i'm dead also but yeah i mean for sure if i if i want to give away all my debts and i'm gonna say hey i, I signed my will over to to andrew all my debts. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't really work that way. Um, anything oh. that you do have, it kind of looks at, you know, I, I have some stuff and I owe some stuff. And so the debts are paid out and whatever's left gets distributed to my family. And so if you don't have <laughs> anything left, then great. You got off scot-free most of the time. Sometimes mm -hmm. they can try to come after, but what are they, I mean, it's a dead guy. What are they going to do? Right. But, but you know, that's, that's how it usually works. So there's no way to leave stuff to your like mortal enemy. As a joke, <laughs> can you <laughs> like, do that? Like your mortgage or you, something. You know, you can. And actually, it, it sounds crazy, but what you'll see is somebody have like, let's say I've got a piece of property that used to be a gas station, and, and I want to leave it to this person that that I don't like. But what you know and what they don't know is that underneath there is this leaking old gas tank that's going to be this environmental yeah. hazard. And you know, so they <laughs> they have to then look and say, well, I, I don't want this property, and just you know, say they file paperwork says just leave me out of it. But you can do that if there's something that you know has like a hidden hazard you should not that's not a very kind thing to do but you could uh well, well you're dead you know, <laughs> now that just gave me an idea when i when i do my will i'm gonna pick one of my one thing that i own and just leave it to like some kid i went to high school with mm -hmm. just so that one day he's like why the fuck did he leave me this well who, i haven't <laughs> talked to that kid in like 50 years just leave him a really mysterious letter that he thinks might mean something and you have no like, idea what, it, it just drive him drive him to his grave out of craziness. Yeah. Treasure map, buried treasure somewhere in Nevada. Yeah. There you go. Oh my God. I want to fucking do that. <laughs> I'm going to do that. So, so art, like I don't right now, I don't feel like I need a will to be honest. Okay. I feel like I'm one, I'm too young and fit. <laughs> Sorry. That was a joke. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and two, like I don't, 
I, I don't know if people, I don't know. I just, I just kind of just feel like I don't want to talk. I don't want to do it. And for context, Matt is not married and has no kids. That's it. Yeah. So, so what I heard there was two different things. It was one, yeah. I don't, I don't need a will because you know, young and fit and don't have anything. But then the second issue was, I don't want to go through this process. And those, I think those are two separate issues. Okay. Um, and you know, I, well, I, I don't want to pay for it. W- well, I for guess. sure. You know, and I, yeah. I've been an estate planning attorney for my entire career. That was, that's what I've always done in the legal field. And so mm-hmm. I've had people come into my office and say, why am I here? I don't want to talk about this. I'm 30 years old. I'm not going to die for 35 years. You're, yeah. I'm spending $2,500 to put together paperwork that I'm not going to read. I'm never going to understand. I'm never going to look at. This is a total waste mm-hmm. of time. Um, and, and, and I get that it's, it's really hard to, to argue with that perspective because you don't want to really get all dark and say, yeah, but you could be hit by a bus. You know, sure. we all acknowledge that there are risks, but that's not really, it doesn't really resonate with most people. Um, but that the difficulty of going through that process is something that we at trust and will have really sought to try to uh, eliminate. We've, we've made it so that it's an online process, 15 minutes, you do it on your computer. You can sit on your couch, drink a beer, drink a glass of wine sit there mm. with or without your spouse, whoever it is, go through, answer some simple questions and have your documents at the end. So the, the process we've made easier. Now, we're not going to say that everyone needs a will because you're going to die and get hit by a bus today, but there, there are inevitably risks. And you know maybe you want to make some decisions, have your things put in place so that if something does happen, your family knows that you have a plan in place and they don't have to make those decisions for you. Um. Okay, but what if you don't have anything? Like, I I guess I understand it if like you like my things, well, like, here's the thing. My parents literally just did it. I mean, mm. I was originally the power of attorney, and then I moved, and they made it. They made my brother the power of attorney, which I assume means he's in charge of shit when they both die, right? Is that what power of attorney means? So power of attorney actually means he's in charge of shit when they're both alive, but unable to make their own decisions. So if they get mm hit by a bus, but don't die. Sure. That's when power of attorney typically oh, kicks he, in. So he's that person that decides whether to pull the plug or not uh, d- in d- the movies. Yeah. Depending on what type of power of attorney that, yeah, it could be that he could be the person that decides whether or not to pull the plug. He also be the person that decides whether or not to pay the bills. There's kind of two different, okay. two different approaches there. Do you think it's silly that my parents chose my middle brother because I moved? Well, as a middle child, the middle child is the superior child to choose. Sure. You're a middle child. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but I'm saying like I I have a, I, you know I'm the old I'm the eldest child mm-hmm. and my I was originally the power of attorney which I was like whatever I don't know what that means but you know I'll move on. And then I moved, you know, halfway across the country and they're like, "Yeah, actually we made your you made your younger brother a power of attorney." I'm like, "All right." <laughs> like I think I got off. I think I got off like with a good thing. You know, it's it's not uncommon to have someone say, I want someone this close to me. And if it happens okay. to be one child lives close, because that might be then the person that needs to, yeah, they go to the bank and they have to make some decisions or say, okay. hey, I need to draft a check to pay, you know, rent or cable bills or power, but mm. whatever it is. So having someone close to you, it makes that process a little bit easier. Do you think their lawyer advised them on that? Uh, it's possible. Prob- probably. If they had okay. a plan in place and they changed it, it's probably had someone suggest you should consider this at the very least. And they, they got it done, like, again, they're in their, you know, 60s, mm-hmm. you know, early 60s, but but still. And, I you know, why do you think people, I, I feel like uh, doing a will is, is really like an old person thing to do, like, st- like, stigmatically, right? Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. to, like, w- you know, what's the argument for 
you know, anybody under the age of 60 to have one? And how do we, how, what's the, what's the process of changing that, you know, in the future? Because I think, yeah, one, no one wants to talk about dark shit. Like, oh, well, when I'm incapacitated from a bus accident, I want you to pull the plug. You know, if I, if there, if I'm being fed through a vegetable tube, like whatever, I want, I want to fucking be burned instead of buried. All these like decisions that you have, these morbid decisions that you have to make. Of course, you don't want to talk about that until you're like on death's bed, right? Right. Well, especially not when you're going to have to say, I'm going to go to a law office and it's going to take, you know, hours of time with meetings and weeks to get documents and spend $5,000. Yeah. No 25 year old wants to go through that process. Um, but I think that's again where it comes back into we've made it easier, faster, more affordable. So, yeah. kind of the burdens you have to go through, okay, well, it's $69 to draft a will online. Okay, I can I can go through this. It's 15 minutes. Um, but yeah, I mean, there are inevitable risks. Things do happen. Sure. Maybe you're not going to get hit by a bus. Maybe you're not going to fall down the stairs and break your legs. But you know, if you don't and you just want to rely and play the odds, then you're going to put yourself in a situation where maybe it's your your brother and your sister having to mm-hmm. decide do we pull the plug or not? Or maybe no one's able to decide, and you have to go to court and have litigation. And it's really right. it's not always something you do for yourself. It's something you do for your family. Oh, there you go. So when, when you were telling the first story, like back, you said like they would come into your office, they'd pay 2500 Then you mm-hmm. just dropped 5000 and then $69. And so I'm guessing yeah. the trust and will is the $69. Um, did, did you just cut out like all the stuff that we need in the will to get it so cheap? Was, was everyone just getting screwed? Like why is it $69? So... So, you know, to start with, why is it somewhere between 2500 and 5000 And, you know, that, that number varies by attorney and by region. And, you know, the San Francisco Bay Area, it, it could used to be 10000 I mean, the, the, it's kind of variable. Does it matter um, how much money you have, too? Is like, do, do rich people pay, like, a weird amount more for the same documents? They can. Um, okay. The really ultra-wealthy can have some very complex documents with some okay. specialized needs that just requires more time. And so that it adds to the cost. But, yeah. you know, just kind of the run-of-the-mill standard, you know, middle-aged person that comes in off the street, you know, $3,500 is a pretty fair estimate of what most attorneys in most places may, may be charging. Yeah. Um, and so... You talk, about your, you talk about your own death. Right. And But, you know, what that $3,500 does is it pays you know, for, for law school debts, for malpractice insurance and overhead sure. and paralegals and secretaries. And any you of know, the process is, is very slow and drawn out. That is a hard sell. It, it is. And then what we've done is we've taken out a lot of those variables. We, we are not a law firm. We don't have to pay for malpractice insurance. We don't have the same overhead. We've built some really fantastic technology that makes that process easier. And you're able to enter the information yourself that our software then generates into your documents. So you, you've cut out almost everything in between A and Z. You input information, you receive a document. So it's really fast, really easy, and that's why it's affordable. We've used technology to make that process just easier. And it'll hold up the same way a San Francisco lawyer's shit will hold up. Absolutely. you got to meet the minimum requirements. You have to have minimum age. Most states, it's 18. You have minimum mm-hmm. mental capacity. you got to understand what you're doing. And you've got to sign it in the way that's required by law. Usually, you sign it with a couple of witnesses and a notary. And we've got all that kind of spelled out in instructions with our documents. It's a pretty simple, streamlined process. So, so you, yeah, sorry, go ahead. It, it kind of reminds me of like uh, when, I, when I was younger and uh, I saw a tax person essentially taking my documents and just like, transposing it into their system. And mm-hmm. I was like, I could do that. And so I just did it into TurboTax and, you know, was great when things were simple. 
my life has changed. And I guess the the question is like, uh, are there tiers above sixty nine dollars with trust and will? When like when is what you get not enough? You know, like because sure. um, obviously, like you said, like super rich people need to pay more because their stuff's complicated. Like, where's the the cutoff? I guess. So, so we have a, a couple different products available. The sixty nine dollars is as our will product, which is our middle of the road. Most people understand it. Most people need it product. Um, we have one above that is that it is the trust um, and the trust versus the will. The trust adds a little complexity. It's a it's a more modern development. Gives you some greater control over how you distribute your assets and and, and when it's paid out. Maybe you have mm-hmm. a child your three-year-old child, you don't want everything to go straight to that child. You can say, hey, the child gets it when they reach age 25, or they get half at 25 and the other half at 35, things like that. Um, That trust is something that most people, once they get a little more advanced, it's something they need. Uh, And the reason is that a trust is designed to either totally avoid or minimize the probate process. Uh, Probate is the process that your will would go through after death. It's a court process. It can be incredibly long, really frustrating and really expensive. Tens of thousands of dollars, 18 months is not unheard of. And that's on top of your family dealing with the loss. So it's just, it's just, it's horrible situation. Yeah. Well, listen, I want to talk more about trust. Let's take a break real quick. And then when we come back, let's, let's jump into trust because I have a lot more questions, I think in that area of things. Uh, So we'll be right back after this break. And we're back. And the first question I have is, is kind of related to the will part, but also both kind of trust and will mm-hmm. be what? is a realistic like criteria where you're like, dude, lady, whatever you got to get a, you have to get these things in place. Like you're, you're now you've crossed the threshold of now you're just being dumb because I don't think of course an 18 year old can have a will or, and, a, and, a, and a trust or whatever. That's fine. But I just want to say, though, Matt, that all of the peanuts that you have could still change the lives of your family if, you know, in the allotted order that you want to change their lives. So so the biggest thing that you mentioned was like, you're not doing it for yourself. You're doing it for your for them, for people that you that you Mm -hmm. love and who are part of your life. And that and I that, of course, like anybody at that point, if they're if they're not as self self centered, will be like, that's a great way to think about it but not to spend $3,000 plus with the old system, um, which is all they know right now is, you know, I have to go to a lawyer. It's going to cost how much? Uh, yeah, fuck that. I'll wait till I'm 60. Um, you know, but what, like, what's it like is a one getting married, a child. I feel like getting married and a, and a new and having a baby are like the two milestone, like life milestones where people are like, or where people are like, yeah, that will time. Right? Is, yeah. you, is that you think that's an accurate milestone? It, it is. To be I would, fair. I would add to that. It's getting married, having a child, and and like a large purchase is typically a house for most people. Having some significant asset, those are really the okay. three most common points. And once you hit any of those, mm. you definitely should have some plan in place. And once you get two and definitely three of them, it's it's now worth it for you because um, if you don't have anything in place and you die and you have a spouse and a child and a house. You're going to go through a probate equivalent with a, without a will, and that's again, that's a court process where they essentially decide what happens and who gets what and make all these decisions. But that process okay. is slow and expensive, and it can easily take. I'm in Southern California; it's not unheard of for that to take two years um, in some okay. places and be twenty thousand dollars. All right, so that 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 at least gives me 
So I'm neither married. I do own a house, but you know it's relatively small, and I hate it. But <laughs> um, I can see myself like if I get married, I have this place. Yeah, that's that's will time for sure. Mm-hmm. Now, what about now? What about trust? Because they obviously go hand in hand, right? But not trust can be not related to wills, right? Yeah, they're, they're separate documents. They're both kind of part of the same estate planning sphere, if you will. And and wills and trust they work together, but they are they are separate. They do separate things. Um, hmm. Trusts are a more modern innovation. Um, they've been around for for you know a long time, but they're still compared to a will new. And, yeah, and we have a lot of we have a lot of trust fund babies here in Boulder. Okay, is that so that's very? That's, I'm I'm assuming it, we're going to get to the bottom of what that actually means. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think okay. that a lot of people know trust fund babies, and 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 they they definitely overlap. But it. it's not all trusts lead to a trust fund or a trust fund baby, if you will. Um, ah. it's a so so a trust is it's a, it's kind of a three part relationship. You have the person who makes the trust. You have the trustee who is kind of the CEO or the manager of the trust. And then you have the beneficiary. Mm. Um, and w- most people, you start the trust, you are the person who creates it, you are the trustee, and you are the beneficiary. So it's this kind of legal fiction, if you will, of you are serving all of these roles. Nothing really changes. You, you still own your house. You now own it in the name of the trust, but you still own it. Everything's still on your tax return the same exact way, essentially no changes. It all kicks in at death when you now can skip that probate process. So just immediately you step out of probate, you're saving 18 months, you're saving $20,000. And it's a exactly what you want to have happen, spelled out one document, easy, non-judicial, streamlined process. You're the father, son, and the Holy Spirit. Pretty much. <laughs> and, and you're, well, the, uh, so... And and you said there's so there's three people when it comes to a trust, or there could mm-hmm. be three. There's three roles, correct. And so you can have three different people in each role, mm-hmm. or you could be you could be in all three roles. That's right. So so for like a trust fund baby, that would be like I could be basically the CEO of the trust and the person who creates a trust, and then my child is the beneficiary. That's right. Right. And that's a, that's pretty common. I would imagine. That's pretty common, and especially after um, the person who creates the trust dies, and then you still have. That, that person has died and no one fills that role, but you uh-huh. still have the, the trustee or the, the CEO of the trust and the beneficiary. And that's when you just have a trust fund baby who gets, you know, a, a check from the trust every month in the mail and kicks their feet back. It, de- or, or depending on how the trust works, right? Correct. You can set up the rules for the trust like, oh, when that when the child turns 18, he can get all of it or access to all of it or, mm-hmm. you know, dripped out over you know, X amount of time, right? You can yeah, just kind of set up any kind of role. So, All right, absolutely. that's cool. One of like the, the biggest things I've thought of, like like if and when I have a child, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and then say at some point before they get old enough, I die, hit by bus, whatever. You know, I want them to actually like be a human and learn things and, and not be a trust fund baby. And so if I wanted them to inherit wealth or, or the businesses or whatever, uh, but not until they were like 30, Right. So they like literally had to scrap it together until then, maybe get an education. The trust is the vehicle for that. For sure. The trust, um, you know, if you think about that as being something you want to drag it out over time, the trust yeah. gives you that control. You can do it through a will, but it's, it's complicated. And, and there's some there's some reasons you might not want to do that. A trust really makes that process easy. And you can say everything at 18 or you can say half at 25, half at 35. You, you can mm. get really creative and you know, I've seen people, and these are custom drafted trusts that you would go for an, a, a lawyer's office to do. But I've seen people where you get 
a greater percentage if you graduate from college and then a greater percentage mm-hmm. again if you get a master's degree or I want you to get equal to your annual income in distributions to encourage you to go out and get a high paying job, Th- things wow. like that. So you can really get creative with some of the provisions. Um, again, those custom provisions, it, it kind of depends on what you want and how it's drafted. An attorney can definitely help with that. But even just the at 25, get some percentage, that's something that we can do with trust and will. Hmm. Okay. Cause, cause I guess the two questions from that I have is one, let's say I was the, the CEO of the trust, you know, I determined how it worked and maybe, ran it, you know, and hopefully I don't die, you know, um, if, if, and when I do, and it hasn't been executed on, does no one fill the CEO role? Do I have to choose someone to fill that? Um, so yeah, if, if, if you die, then most, most of the time when you create the trust, you're going to go ahead and name someone who would be your successor trustee. That's the person who would take over when you're not able to serve as trustee. Typically when you die, but it could be, you know, you're incapacitated or you just, sure. you're unable to make the decisions and someone steps in for you. So you can designate who that is and you can designate, you know, one or two backups serve individually or together. You can set, you know, people below that third choice, fourth choice, things like that. So you really have the ability to say in almost any circumstance, here's who's going to be making these decisions for me. But, and really that person, they have some decisions to make, but you've already told them in the body of the trust, here's what you should do. Mm. Give the income to my child, give my child a 10% every year until it runs out. Pay for education. Don't pay for, mm. you know, travel around the world. You, you spell out all the rules and then it's basically a rule book. The trustee says, well, here's the rule. Here's what I do. Yeah. In the typical situation where we have these like trust fund babies, uh, I imagine these trusts are often done because they're really tax advantaged. Um, is there any truth to that? And I guess I mean in transferring wealth specifically. Well, I have... I would follow up to that just to kind of tack on to that. What is it? Is it a bank account? Is it a document? Are they two separate things? Is a trust fund a document plus a bank account? I don't really understand the like the product that you're actually getting. Sure. I'm gonna, I'm actually going to take that second question first. So the trust is a it's a legal document and it creates uh-huh. those three roles that we talked about earlier and says yep. here's the relationship between them and it spells out the rules. You then okay. have assets, which could be houses, cars, real estate, those assets are held in the name of the trust. And that means they are subject to those rules. That's, okay. that's pretty much how it works. It, it kind of gets, it's, it's hard. So to it really, could literally be any account. You could set up a bank account and put a ton of money in there and then just create the trust that connects the rules to the actual accounts and assets. Absolutely. And then you can say that okay. this, this trust right. also applies to my house. It also applies to my, okay. bus- my business interests and my surfboard collection, whatever, whatever it is. Um, okay, understood. Got and, it. And so a trust fund would then be anything that's held in the trust. Sometimes you have money, a big pot of money that is everything collectively in the trust and money's paid out of there. That is the trust fund. So Got that's it. kind of how those two concepts work together. Um, to jump back to the, the tax planning question. Yeah, for, for sure. A couple years ago, and really getting back now, pushing 10 years ago, the estate tax um, was a, a... Nope, nope. It's called the death tax now. We all know that. <laughs> we watched the movie Vice. Have we not seen Vice? We, we have. It's, uh, All right. it's actually most, most trust documents that you see do refer to it as a death tax. I've, really? Yeah, it's, it's a funny thing. I, I'm not exactly sure why, because I think a lot of estate planning lawyers benefited. They had a, a boost in business from having that tax. So I'm not sure of why course. they disparaged that. But So the sure. estate tax or the death tax or the taxes due when you die, um, the trigger point for that was much lower. It was you know getting down to a million dollars, two million dollars. It, it changes each year. 
but it was a, a mm-hmm. much lower threshold. Um, the last couple of years, that threshold has really jumped up. It's something in the range of $11.4 million per individual. You can combine those essentially for spouses. So you're looking at 10 to $20 million before you actually have a federal estate tax issue. So the tax planning purposes, it's, it affects fewer people that actually need federal estate tax planning. There are some states that still have state estate taxes. Those thresholds tend to be lower, but it's still a relatively small number of people need tax planning. So what a lot of people do with a trust now is they have, it's essentially a, a, a more complex version of a traditional estate plan. The trust adds the ability to avoid probate. And that is the real drive for most people. I have a house. I don't want to have my spouse pay $20,000 on top of the outstanding mortgage of this house. I'm going to set up a trust, skip probate. The house goes straight to my spouse. She takes over the mortgage by herself, but she saved $20,000 in probate fees. Oh, I didn't realize there, there were you go. probate fees. Wow. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, there you go. That's a huge sales pitch. <laughs> yeah. Like if you don't, yeah, that's, that's punitive right. and unfair. Really? Well, a lot of those fees go to the lawyers. So, you know, I'm sure they would argue otherwise, but it, it is. Right, it's, sure. you know, it's the, and a lot of these fees are spelled out in, in statutes and it's typically set so that, you know, it's 4% up to some amount and then 3% and this, you know, it's kind of complex formula and you look at it, but it, it doesn't really take that much to get to something that's over $10,000. And again, here in Southern California, a lot, a significant portion of the estates that go through probate are going to have $20,000 or more oh of total fees. So yeah. 69, what, what yeah. would be the amount that you have to pay to essentially avoid that? So the $69 is our individual will um, to, to convert that into a, a trust-based plan, which is, adds a trust on top of that. It's a $399 for an individual, $499 for okay. couples. What's the, I guess what I'm a little confused by is, like I understand what the will does, but how is that? entirely different from a trust can you can you include verbiage in a will that mimics what a trust verbiage would be you can you can do it to some extent you can you can create a trust and i will um it's kind of a, a backdoor way of going about that but you, you could do that but the problem is that the will still has to go through probate. Probate is the process where, I mean, the, the origin of it was to prove the validity of the will. So if wow. you have a will and you want to show that it's valid and give it some legal effect, it has to have a court say, yes, this will is this person's will. That person is dead. It meets the minimum requirements. It is valid. That is the process. Okay. So when you okay. have just a will, it goes through probate. But if you have the trust instead of the will, the trust doesn't have to go through that same probate process. That's, that's oversimplifying, but that's the general way sure. it, it kind of all washes out. So that's why you would use a trust instead of a will is because you don't have to go through those same requirements in a trust as you do with the And will. they're one or the other, not like a stacking thing. Like you'd have both. So they, the trust and the will are separate. We actually provide, it's called a pour over will. It's a type of will that's coordinated to work with the trust. And it has a provision in there that essentially says anything that I own that's not already held in the trust, I give to the trust. Mm. And so it's kind of a catch all backstop. You just swoop everything that's left in. So that stuff will um, go through probate, but it'll eventually just fall into the trust. Right. But the advantage is that maybe you have a few thousand dollars here or there that's left in. And so it'll go through probate. You may be able to qualify for some some abbreviated or shortened forms of probate that are faster and cheaper. You don't have to go to court. You just have to file some paperwork 
or that 4% fee, instead of being a million dollars base, you're looking at, oh, it's 4% of $10,000. I'm not worried about how much I actually have to pay for those few assets that I left out. As long as you get most right. of them out, you're better off. So same question I have about the will. Um, at what, what, are, what are some common milestones where people would get a trust? I imagine money, right? That's that money and assets and not necessarily marriage and kids. Um, you know, they kind of go hand in hand for sure. The, the, the trust, if, if you meet the requirements for a trust, you, you, uh, well, let me, let me say if you, if you have, well, there's wait, there's a, there's a requirements. No, no, no. Sorry. I mean, if you mean these, uh, these kind of what we're referring to as when you should have these, these, oh, okay. check Got these it. boxes and say, I meet these following conditions. Therefore I should have a trust. Yes. Yeah, the same things. Uh, if you, if you're married and have a kid and own property, that's when the trust really starts to have a lot of added value to, um, really the adding of the, the significant asset, the house, um, owning a business yes. interest, things like that. That's really what pushes you into, well, you really should give some thought to having a trust. Uh, people tend to think I'm, I don't need a trust. I'm just 35. I'm married. I have a kid. I own a house, but I don't need a trust. The trust is for incredibly wealthy people that you see on TV. It, it does sound like it that. does. It is, it is, it is connotated sure, toward those yeah. toward those types of people, yeah. It, it absolutely is, and I think in part because those are the people who can afford thirty five hundred dollars to go to their own attorney. Uh, sure. So it's it's a bit self serving there, but you know, really anybody that has an asset over you know one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, you may want to look at a trust. Two hundred fifty thousand dollars, yeah, you should definitely start looking at it. If you own a house outright, depending where you are, that may just be an automatic qualifier here in Southern California. If you own a house, you really should look at having a trust just, just yeah. off the top. You know, if you're somewhere where housing prices are more reasonable, it may not be an absolute necessity, but it can still be beneficial. Okay. And also, uh, for vanity, you know, you can say that you have a trust and that sounds pretty cool. It is. And you get to pick the name of your trust. So you can name it almost oh. anything you want. <laughs> well, hell that's like vanity <laughs> license plates, dude. <laughs> what are some of the cool Changes names? Everything. Have you, yeah, you know, a lot, the, the standard people, it's just the, the, you know, the, the Mr. And Mrs. Smith trust or the, the, the Patrick mm -hmm. Hicks trust. So you see that you see some people who have named things like uh dark wing duck or something. <laughs> I don't, their favorite childhood cartoon or something like that. Really? Yeah. I've seen some people who name it after their pets. That's actually a really common variation. You know, it's the, the Fido trust, the, you know, you know, lovey bunny trust, wh whatever your pet's name is. Um, how does wait? How does that work? How does because I know leave people to their pets and stuff. They have trust set up for their pets. Yeah, yeah. that's actually how the hell is that? That's a that's a how does that legally work? It is so, a big uh, thing. A pet trust. So it's not just on TV. It is. Yeah, and you you hear stories every now and then. Typically, anytime somebody celebrity dies and leaves a million dollars to the pet, it kind of has a spike yeah. in the news cycles again. But yeah, those sure. are relatively new things. They've been around for the last probably twenty years. Most states have had laws that say you can leave money to a pet. Um, essentially you leave money to a person to be used for the pet. And that's how it works. It's essentially a variation of a okay. trust where I create it. There is the CEO and the beneficiary is the pet. It's just the same concept just kind of stretched to cover a, a dog okay. or a cat or, or whatever it may be. So the beneficiary is the pet, but then the person who is in charge of the, the CEO is the, uh, is the person who is going to basically take care of the right. pet. And they make the decisions about how to spend the money. So you don't have to worry about. So it could be, it's essentially theirs then. Well, it's essentially theirs, except if, you know, hypothetically, if you gave them a million dollars to take care of, you know, your cat, 
and they took off and went on a vacation around the world, somebody could sue them and say, this was supposed mm. to be used for the cat. Like it, it is theirs, but they, okay. they still have an obligation to use it for the cat. So once the CEO of the trust, it, like, let's say that, let's say it is a three person party and let's, let's just use the pet as an example. Cause that's like the easiest I can think of is you have the person who sets up the trust. Uh, you have the CEO, the person that they put in charge of the trust when they die. And then you have the pet, which is the beneficiary once that person who sets up the trust dies, that CEO does not have basically the role of the person who set it up. They can't change the rules at that point. That's correct. And, and that CEO, they're okay. referred to as the, the trustee. They're, so they're, they're essentially, their job is to just execute on the rules of the trust. And that's exactly. It. And they have, okay, they, they have it. a duty to do that. And, and they can, sometimes you have that trustee is also a beneficiary. That's, that's fairly common. Your parents have three kids. Maybe you want to name your middle child is the trustee and they're also sure. a beneficiary that that's common. So some of those roles have a little bit of overlap. Okay. Okay. That's cool. Um, Andrew, are you going to get a, do you have one? Do you have a trust or will? I don't. And I actually now feel like I absolutely need one because one yeah. rental properties are yep. home. Laura Business. would literally be homeless during probate or, I mean, I don't know, maybe she'd be able to live there, but it's kind of ridiculous. Honestly. Yeah. The, the, uh, the, um, the business too. Yeah, I mean, th- I I would have assumed that this would have all worked to like everything goes to the the spouse. Yeah, the spouse is gone as well. It's like evenly distributed the kids. Like I thought that's just how life worked, but yeah. Um, who are you gonna I, leave the I podcast? Who are you gonna leave the podcast to? We we could have a talk. Have a talk. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be named in your will for something. You will definitely get my fanciest beer glasses. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, do you have any more? Do you have any more questions for Patrick specifically? Um, Tied to your situation? No, I mean I, I think that was awesome because I, I didn't really know like the use case of it. Do you think that there's something that we should know that we didn't ask? Um, you know, one thing we didn't really cover: uh, some of the healthcare documents that go along with an estate plan. Um, those are the ones that, mm. again, you get hit by a bus, but you don't quite die. Um, those are included with most estate plans. That says who makes decisions for you. And what type of decisions do you want to be on life support? Do you want to be fed through a tube? Things like that. Right. That's will um, stuff, right? That, well, they're a part of your estate plan. So if you have a will plan, it includes those. If you have a trust plan, it includes those. They're separate sure. documents, but they all yep. work together. Okay. Um, those are things that honestly, a lot of people think that's more important to me because once I'm dead, I don't care what happens, but sure. You know, mm. and, and maybe you don't really care what happens if people pull the plug or not. Right. I, most people I think have some preference. Yeah. Um, what you hear is, stories about family members who go into depression and feel guilt about, I, I pulled the plug and now I've worried for the rest of my life. Should I have done that? Whoa. Is that yeah. what they want? Wow. Okay. And so yeah. that is really where you don't do it for yourself. You do it for someone else. You yeah. do it just, just at the, just give them that toehold of this is what I want. Yeah. And just let them make the decision. Mm. That's all, that's all it takes to really eliminate so much of that grief. Yeah. Even that's yeah. Even really like the, the burial situation too. Right. Cause it's like, yeah. I, yeah, I'd rather, cremated I want to be personally, I want to be cremated. I do not want my Same. family to go broke buying fancy boxes for me to, you know, take up. Or to fight and like break yeah. up and not talk to each other anymore because they had to decide right. one or the other. You know, I, I, I've read this thing where there were doctors literally tattooing on their arm, do not mm-hmm. resuscitate because they've seen all of what the serious? terrible things that happen as a result. Does that count? Does that, yeah, that's not because legally binding. The, well, I mean, that it's not a legal thing. And I guess, you know, maybe the smart thing to do would be like a, yeah, a will of trust that, that yeah. actually enforces that. Yeah, for sure. 
Because if you have it tattooed on your arm and you still get resuscitated, like talk about sucks. If you wake up and say, didn't you see the tattoo? Yeah. But that's that's cool. tattoo. It's, so easy. It's, a, it's a couple of quick documents and it's it's the same thing. It's the, you go through a few questions. Again, it's kind of like TurboTax for yeah. estate planning. It's, it's the same, you know, what type of care do you want? A, B, or C, make your choice and move on. It's simple, five, 10 minute process included in the price, $69 for a will, $399 for a trust. You get those healthcare documents as well. And that's at trustandwill.com. Trustandwill.com. Sweet. Go for One it. One last question. What sort of time commitment is this for me? Say I want to do a trust so, and a will. Um, it, it, it depends how fast you are at TurboTax to some extent. Uh, 15, I'm a very quick typer. 15 minutes to uh, get you a will for most people. Within an hour for a trust, I would say comfortably. We've seen people do it in 25 minutes um, or less. But, you know, if you want to do your 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 trust package, which includes your trust, your pour over will, and your healthcare documents, start to finish, printed documents waiting for you at the end within an hour. Sweet. So you need a, a nice strong stout. You need an a hour. nice strong stout. Okay. You can also do half of it, save <laughs> it, come back later and finish it up. It's a really cool. easy, easy process. As oh. um, soon as you're done, you can download and print. You can also get shipping on your documents as well. We'll send them to you a nice printed copy and like a nice package material that you can go get signed and put somewhere on your shelf and hopefully never have to look at for 30 years. And I think this probably goes without saying, but just to, just for anybody out there, especially me who kind of thinks about this way too much, um, because this is a product that once you have paid the $69, once you've printed it and own it, you now own it forever, regardless of what happens to trust and Right. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Just making sure, because I always think about that. Like when I sign up for software services, I'm like, well, what happens if, uh, you know, it's like, it's sort of like a will for the company. You know what I mean? Right. No, it's, right. it's definitely, it's not our product. Yeah. Once you have it, it's yours. Cool. You don't have to send it. You don't have to send it back to us. It's, cool. It is yours. You can do with it as you choose. Yeah. All right. And it'll still be legally binding after, I don't know how this shit works, but like, it'll still be legally binding after, you know, if, if all the lawyers in the world go away for some reason. Yeah, I mean, if all the all of them are gone, I think everything's legally binding at that point. Oh, purge argue. night! <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's it's, legal, it's legally binding. We're, trust and will. You can come back or not. We can right, be cool. here or not. All the lawyers can be there or not. It it meets cool. the requirements. You're good to go. Perfect. So you just need to last a few more weeks for everyone in the audience to sign yep. up, and then you know that's whatever. It. Yep. <laughs> no apocalypse, please. Uh, all right. So Patrick, thanks for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Guys. Yeah. So trustandwill.com. Andrew, you're going to go do it? Right. Yeah. Like after we stop talking for the All right. I might thing. wait. <laughs> <laughs> I, might, I might give it a, give it a, another year. I want to get like, you know, your dad, you know, your dad wants money lab. Yeah. He do, yeah. Sure. It does. I know he's listening. Um, all right. Well, listen, if you missed anything in this show, there's a lot we covered here. We'll have everything in the show notes. Don't you worry about that. Either check your preferred podcast app or visit listenmoneymatters.com slash show. Everything will be there. And subscribe wherever you normally listen to podcasts and tell your friends about us. If you got uh, a friend who you think should have a trust and a will, point them to this episode. We've made it mm. very easy, and hopefully they'll become a subscriber at the same time. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to talk about on future episodes of this show, maybe you want us to go in more detail with this specific topic, you can email us, listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. And all the tools and resources that we normally mention on this show, including trustandwill.com, are available at listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. And Patrick, thanks again for coming on, man. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you very much. All right. Later, Andrew. Later, dude.
please tell your friends about this show.